Dear Sir, Enclosed, please find your poems, which I found full of charm. Jacques Riviere does not appear to have found their charm either uniform enough or self-assured enough as yet. End letter. In deference to this letter, I continued for a further month to work at writing a verbally, not grammatically, successful poem. Then I gave up. As far as I was concerned, the problem was not to find out what might manage to worm its way into the structures of written language, but into the web of my living soul, by which words entered like knives in lasting carnation, a fitting, dying incarnation under a span, the burning island of a gallows lantern. Flesh to be blooded under the hammer, to be extirpated with knives. Thus I did not manage to infuse my web into these abortive poems. So this is how Antonin Artaud introduces his collected works. He loves mixed metaphors, which really speaks to me, of course, because all I do is mix my metaphors. And it's fun to see someone uh, get so shameless about refusing to construct their prose mindfully in that way. But I also thought this would make a really good introduction to our little ten-week odyssey into Antonin Artaud and the Theater of Cruelty. We're calling it Cruel Runnings. What you can expect from this podcast, um, we're going to have a little storytelling, a little performance. My name's Jake. I'm running this show. I'm also directing a play called Artaud Artaud. It's the first play ever produced by my theater company, Artilliers. It's also about exactly who you'd expect. So, I'll be sharing with you the bits and bobs that I think are really fun. I'll tell you a little about what I learned this week about our man, what he's saying that seems particularly enlightening, and I'll protect you from the pages and pages of what they euphemistically call embodied writing, and share with you the good stuff. Helping me with that is a cavalcade of artists and musicians who will turn our toes' delicious psychobabble into art for you. We've got actors, directors, composers, all sorts of theater and film people coming into the studio to record stories of cruelty. Now, uh, this can mean anything. It can be cruelty in the Artodian sense of the word, or it can just be cruelty in the sense of this was the worst fucking rehearsal I ever went to. Uh, But let's not talk about it anymore. Let's do it. Michael Lors is an actor, recently seen in Rock of Ages at the Gateway Playhouse and Hello Again at the York Theater. I had the pleasure of working with Michael as an undergrad on a production of The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, and I'm not exaggerating when I say he really is a generous, chameleonic actor. I was thrilled he was willing to tell us our very first story of cruelty. After that, we've got another actor, Serena Berman, reading a letter from Artaud's collected work, first volume. Serena is also producing Artaud Artaud, and you'll hear her occasionally asking questions in our interviews and stories Like, for instance, the one you're about to hear, right now. I just got done doing a production of Rock of Ages out at Gateway Playhouse uh, on Long Island. And I think their their hope, like, uh, one of the, the the assistant director was like, I really think, like, a lot of the, like, he called them Goombas. Like, all the Goombas are, like, going to come out to see the strippers in the play. And by Goombas, he did not mean the, like, Mario bad guys. He meant the gym rats on Long Island. I'm not sure what they were expecting because, well, and then we had a a nine-show week. So that consisted of uh, a Thursday matinee, a Saturday, and a Sunday matinee in which uh, there were 
no exaggeration, like nursing home buses that came with people in wheelchairs who had walkers and canes. The curtain announcement or the the turn your cell phones off speech is like, I'm so-and-so from the band Poison. Get ready to have your faces melted. If you have your cell phone on, dude, you look like a dick. And like, <laughs> and uh, the the girl who was playing Regina uh, in the show um, makes her entrance from the audience, and <laughs> her favorite thing was like almost every single matinee performance, there would be someone in the back. What is the, this language? It's just I don't I don't understand. And just being like, oh fuck, you have no idea what you are in for. Eighties like. like Full. Rock, like Journey, White Snake, Poison songs for people who were already, who were like already the age that they were. They've just like stayed 70 for like the last 35 years. I don't know. But they, they came and uh, several of them were leaving by intermission. They were like full, but. Bu- <laughs> Did full, they have to like full bust buses? Them back? Yeah, full buses <laughs> like ready at intermission and at the end of the show. People like faking heart attacks. Yeah, to just, Did you you ever have to talk to anybody after the show or like see people? When my, I forgot about this. When my mom came uh, to the show, they sat in the lobby waiting for me to uh, get done changing. And she was sitting next to a person and was like, just kind of sitting in silence. My mom, you know, looked looked over at the, the lady next to her who was, you know, like got slowly walked over to the bench and sat down and waited for her husband to go use the restroom. My mom was like, so did you enjoy the show? She just looks over and goes, no. Did you? And like, like slow and like, like had to like think about it. No. Mama was like, you know, actually I did. And then we didn't talk again after that. I just thought, oh. <laughs> she really let her off the hook by not telling her that you were her son. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. She's a very generous move. I feel like if I was a mom, I would be a lot more like yeah, my my, my my son played the the really effeminate gay one. I bet you liked him though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was another thing. Like I didn't know what my audience was going to be like in terms of like um, acceptance of that because like I know now that like the majority of the audience spent the first act deciding if I was a girl or a boy up on stage. So like there was already that confusion and like delivering lines like such a pleasure to meet you here like like it was all just kind of like lived up in that range and that got uncomfortable occasionally especially with an older audience who like didn't like lines that i could like rest on as laugh lines that were just like that's funny writing no matter who delivers that it's gonna be funny like got out there and there was a little bit of like ah the homos you know then it's like And then, and then, oddly enough, there's the line like uh, he he reclaims himself in the end. But Franz gets to tell everybody like I'm not gay, I'm just German, and and I, and like that's like a big like cheer line. Every like I got like rounds of applause for that. People were like, like I don't know how to feel God. about this. And I and I talked to cast members about that because I I got the note like Franz is like really frustrated that people think he's gay, and I was like, I have a hard time as like an as someone who's trying to be like, a responsible artist to not be, like, ew, gay, you know, like, I, I, like, trying not, trying not to make that, like, an insult, and I found that, like, that was the funniest delivery of it, too, was, like, that's what, like, the audience wanted to hear, so I was, I, I, like, had to find this, like, how do I, like, get the audience on my side, like, don't worry, guys, I'm not gay, gross, 
that I think that's what Rock of Ages is, though, is this, like, cash cow designed to appeal. You know, like, there, this wasn't someone's passion project. This wasn't someone's, like, I need to create art. Someone was like, I bet this will sell tickets, you know? And, like, that's, and then that's what they did. And, and, and the rest of the show was, like, I don't do the tranny thing anymore. You know, like, really, really politically incorrect. And, like, but, like, that's in, on the Broadway for six years. Like, the most accepting community there is, like, still promotes this kind of gender normativity, heteronormativity, things. Like, that's what's funny. And, like, that's what's going to sell tickets, or, or in my case, not sell tickets to the people out on Long Island, because there were no Goombas. <laughs> or there were very few, at least. Dear friends, what you took to be my works were only my waste matter, those soul scrapings a normal man does not welcome. Since then, my problem has not been whether my disorders got better or worse, but rather my mind's persistent pain and apoplexy. Here I am, back in M, where I have felt sensations of sluggishness and dizziness again, a sudden terrible craving for sleep, a sudden loss of strength accompanied by a feeling of great pain, of headlong degradation. Here is someone in whom no part of his mind congeals, who does not suddenly feel his soul is on the left, on the heart side. Here is someone for whom life is a focal point, and for whom the soul has no sides, nor the mind any beginnings. I am stupid because I suppress my thoughts, because my thoughts are ill-formed. I am empty, for I am stupefied by speech. A certain number of ill-formed, ill-accumulated, vitreous corpuscles you use so thoughtlessly. You know nothing about this use, having never watched it. That was Serena Berman reading an excerpt from a collection of Arto writings called Nerve Scales. Before that, you heard our guest, Michael Lors. Next week, he'll be reading some of Arto's crazier stage directions for us. The music you're listening to right now is a band called Loom, which you can find online for free. Cruel Runnings is a product of Artilliers, a new paraclassical theater company. Artilliers is creating a new approach to the classics. We're currently fundraising for our inaugural season, specifically to produce Arto Arto by Matthew Minichino at the Dream Up Festival at Theater for the New City. Our Kickstarter is live now, and you can donate by searching Artilliers, A-R-T-I-L-L-I-E-R-S, on Kickstarter. Every bit counts, and we've tried to make sure there are some pretty cool rewards for donating. For instance, one available reward is a personalized monologue on the subject of your choice, written by Matt. And Matt Minichino is a Columbia MFA playwright, so you know that sucker has a pedigree. Claim one now and give it to an actor friend as a gift. Or think of it as an investment. With just one donation, you're guaranteed to impress even the cruelest audition rooms. Keep listening to the podcast. We're hoping to release an episode a week until the premiere of Arto Arto, and we've got a crazy variety of guests and performers. And you can always reach me, Jake, at uh, jake.beckhardt at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Keep it cool.